Welcome to the CCF Podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. At least that's when I'm recording it. Today is um, Ash Wednesday. It's my birthday, and it's snowing outside. But the sun is also shining. My name is Ivan Bossert. I'm a junior... I'm a biology and Spanish double major. Um, you might have seen me around campus somewhere. Um, might not have. Doesn't really matter. Uh, I have an older sister and a brother who also graduated from Truman State. Go dogs. I was from Ashland, Missouri for a little bit, um, but my parents recently moved to Texas, so I am either from Kirksville or a wanderer. You take your pick. When they first asked me if I wanted to do an episode for the podcast, I really wanted to say no. I really like to say no to things. It's one of my favorite things to do. I also like to think that I'm not a good speaker and that I don't have anything um, important to say, but we all like to believe a lot of lies about ourselves. Anyways, one of my majors is Spanish. I always knew that I wanted to do Spanish and something else. I study Spanish because I think it's, you know, fun and neat. Um, In thinking about languages, I always think about the story of the Tower of Babel. In Genesis chapter 11, the people were building a tall tower to reach the heavens as a symbol of their importance. And so God confused their languages, and they couldn't understand each other to finish the tower. These people were accomplishing something incredible, but for their own glory. And I think um, the reason I study Spanish comes from this story. I feel like, uh, in some way, I am working to restore the unity that enabled the great works that the people were accomplishing, but with God as the foundation instead of human glory as the end goal. And whenever I say unity, I don't mean sameness because diversity is powerful. Um, But that's a different lesson. Um, Anyway, I'm not here to talk about Spanish, primarily. It's my secondary major, um, so I'm a biology man. I never really felt called or certain that I wanted to major in bio. As a freshman, actually, I was undeclared with a Spanish minor. Um, I had to pick a major to register for classes for the next semester, and that's the only reason I declared. And so, in making my decision... I literally opened up a spreadsheet, wrote down every single major that Truman offered, and I crossed off the ones that I didn't want to do, and then at the very end, those were the two that I decided would be okay if I spent the rest of my life doing them. So here I am. Looking back, I always liked stuff um, associated with biology. Um, I was a Boy Scout, and I always liked being outside. And nature was always something magical for me. Also, my dad is a wildlife biology man. And he, you know, he doesn't have any homework. So I thought that would be A-OK with me. And another reason I like biology is it seems that there's never really a final or a right answer. And um, I'm comforted by that uncertainty. There's less pressure, pressure to have the perfect answer. I'm going to the Bible, um, Solomon, who's known to be the wisest man ever, 
Um, whenever they were speaking about Solomon's wisdom in 1 Kings chapter 4, it says, He spoke about plant life from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of walls. He also spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. Um, so there, sermon over. Solomon did it, so it's legit. It's biblical. Um, but for real, I never really thought about uh, my decision too deeply. It's funny how we don't really do that, even though we talk about glorifying God when we get to the real world and um, how we will encounter Him every day. I encourage you, the faithful listener, to think about it. I hear people say stuff like, oh, it's, it's my calling, uh, all right? But why is it worthy to be pursued? Examine what exactly is godly about your focus. Um, and all this has been stalling um, because that's what I had to do for this episode, and uh, it was kind of tough. So on to the meat and taters. Um, but before I start, um, we need to get something straight. Right now, we know everything that we need to know to be saved. Science will not prove or disprove God, and it has no answers about the purpose of life or salvation. Science will not save us. All right, let's get to it. Why is biology a worthy pursuit? In Colossians 1, verse 16 and 17, it says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All things were made by him and for him. God's creation of the natural world gives him ownership of it. This is his creation, and he's called it good. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. The Creator is reflected in creation. We cannot complain that we don't see or know God, because everything He has made points back to Him. And so, by understanding more about creation, we can understand more about God. For instance, um, just looking at a tree can be uh, very revealing. I can look at an adult tree, and um, it will remind me of God's unchanging nature. A seed that lies dormant for months before sprouting when the weather is right is a reminder of his patience. Learning about photosynthesis or the Calvin cycle reminds me of his wisdom and how God works on a scale as big as an entire forest or as small as a single cell. Psalm 136 verse 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. My soul knows it very well. Life reminds us of God. It just does. My soul knows it very well. But we aren't called to just observe what God has created. In Genesis 1, he gives us dominion over it, to call it what we will, and to rule over it. God has given us what is rightfully His. Um, now, these next words aren't mine, but uh, I like them, so I'm going to say them. This world is not ours to keep and do with as we please. The dominion or rule that we have over it is only as tenants. God remains the owner of His creation. 
This has important consequences for how we take care of those things over which we have been given stewardship responsibility. We need to know how the natural world works so that we can live in harmony with it and be faithful stewards. We should do with it what God would do with it. And so there are the two sides of the coin. The natural world was created by him and for him, but he also gave it to us to have dominion over. So that was basically um, why I think biology is worthy as a field of study in general, um, but now I'm going to talk about uh, my personal reasons and why I am drawn to it. And the main reason is, in biology, I see nature um, following what it's called to do. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, it says, Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. In the human world, we tend to become like Israel. We forget God and who He created us to be. We are like children who do not know our Father. The ox knows its owner, the donkey its master's crib. They honor them by recognizing and remembering. They worship by obeying the laws of nature, their instincts, and pathways. Obedience is worship. The beginning of Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of His hands. If the heavens declare the glory, and the skies, which do not act, proclaim His works, how much more than the cell that copies itself and separates in mitosis? If the rocks cry out in silence, how much more does the whale's lonely song echo? If mountains bow in reverence, how much more the deer bounding in the field, the squirrels running in the trees, and the trees themselves bursting forth with life from tiny little acorns? Obedience is worship. I've never seen a deer hunting for meat. Um, they perform their role, and they don't try to do something that they were not made for. Um, you may say, well, that's a stupid animal. Um, obedience is harder for us. Humans have something more. Um, and that's true. Humans were made differently. We have our own free will, which makes our obedience a choice. But obedience does not depend on intellect. Bill Eliff, a pastor from Arkansas, wrote, Anyone, regardless of their gifting, can obey. The bear is gifted with a big body and claws and fur. It is obedient in doing bear things. The birds migrate and the flowers bloom in spring. We don't look down on nature for its obedience. In fact, we praise it as being wonderful. We as humans have been gifted with God's likeness and dominion over the rest of the natural world. Being obedient with our gifts is a glory to God. Elif continues, Obedience is the sweet incense of a heart unimpressed and uninterested in anything but God. When I study biology, I don't see stunts that were made to impress me, because nature is not interested in anything but its own role. As humans, we don't have a set role, um, so it's difficult to know 
you may be asking, how do I obey if I don't know what my calling or my purpose is? Well, you can start by obeying where you're at. One of the Sunday sermons from Reed, I think, used the analogy of God as the center of a wheel with all the other parts of your life as spokes branching from the center. In the same way the ox honors its master, I can honor the Lord with whatever I do. Not only did, did God create us, He also bought us back when we sold ourselves into the slavery of sin. In response, a life of obedience is a living sacrifice to my Creator and Savior. Practically, faith and obedience go hand in hand. In Hebrews 11, many of the people who were highlighted for their faith just obeyed God's calling for them. Noah, Abraham, and Joseph are examples of simple trusting obedience being used in extraordinary ways. Moses, Daniel, and Esther were also obedient. And that was enough for God. For me, the majesty of biology is in its obedience. It obeys nature's laws and instincts and genes, all of which were put in place and held together by God. The more I learn, the greater God seems to me. Sometimes I can start to get discouraged or run down with school, um, feeling like there's too much to do or like I'm not doing enough good works or building enough bricks, as Derek would say. Um, when that happens, I can sometimes just step outside and be comforted by the sufficiency of God. If He still allows the birds to fly and the grass to grow, how much more will He care for me? My obedience is enough. Uh, all right, I have spoken my piece. Um, if you wanted to hear more, you can talk to me. Um, I'll probably talk back. Um, if you don't want to hear more, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, go in peace and obedience.